Do you ever wonder why we worship the way we do? Why churches are run the way they are? And why on earth do we still trust the Bible as the word of God? Join us as we study church history, as we study the Bible, and as we study just a little bit of everything in between. Welcome to Back in the Day with Pastor Clay. Hey, how are you doing today? Welcome to Back in the Day with Pastor Clay. If you did not hear last week's episode on George Mueller, go ahead and pause this, go back, listen to last week's, as it's more of an introduction into his earlier life and the beginnings of his ministry, because today we're going to dive into the majority of George Mueller's ministry and ultimately his death in this part two of the life of George Mueller. So the thing I want to propose today is when the Lord is good and does good, how should we respond? Last week, we looked at the early life of George Mueller, and we know that he had nothing. He was stealing in order to fuel his gambling obsession until ultimately he landed himself in jail. And even that really wasn't enough to really stir his heart. And finally, the Lord got a hold of him and he entered into ministry and he was spared from going into the military service, even though technically he should have. But in 1829, Mueller went to London and he went there to serve the London Society to help to to minister and to reach and to help out with the Jews that were there. Uh, But ultimately, he became ill and he had to to go home uh, to recuperate. And there he he met uh, Henry Craig, who would help offer uh, George Mueller his first pastorate uh, in Tienmouth. And it was a small congregation that only that only had 18 members and the most miraculous thing happened during the first year of George Mueller's ministry George Mueller publicly rededicated his life and was rebaptized as a believer now I know you can imagine your pastor getting up asking to be rebaptized but Mueller was so overwhelmed with uh his sin and the life that he had lived that He felt that he had never truly made that decision public to follow Jesus. Uh, But ultimately, he finally did. And things would would continue until October of 1830. And in October of 1830, uh, he would meet the woman that he had only met three months prior and marry Mary Groves. Uh, She was the sister of Anthony Groves and... Uh, at the end of, of October, he renounced his salary. So he was married at the beginning of October. And by the end of October, he renounced his salary, believing that the church uh, could give out of duty and not desire. And so he also, at this point, eliminated the renting of pews, which we talked about last week. That was completely uh, new age and it got him in a lot of trouble. And so now we come into this part of George Mueller's ministry. And I think I I spoke last week about his first, his four objectives that he had for his early ministry. And that was to assist Sunday schools and day schools and to help start new schools uh, that would teach biblical truths. He also would sell Bibles to 
to, to people who couldn't typically afford them. And he would just give them away if they couldn't afford it. And he also wanted to aid missionaries uh, and to circulate gospel tracts in English and other languages. And so not only did he want to circulate gospel-centric uh, tracts in a way that people could read and understand, he also wanted it to go into languages that people were speaking that were not English, which was a pretty radical idea at this time point. But what I love about George Mueller's early ministry is he, he begins this idea of missions. And as we spoke last week, George Mueller had this belief that if God desired it, God would make a way. Now, I know that we say that we have faith in God, but George Mueller really took that to a whole nother level. Uh, and as as things were going on, and in, 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 I want to kind of get to the, the mid part of George Mueller's ministry, uh, where it comes to uh, things began to change. And uh, Mueller moved to Bristol in May of 1832, and he began working at uh, Bethesda Chapel. And along with Henry Craig, he continued preaching uh, until he, his death. And he devoted himself to several other ministries, but he would always come back. And in 1834, he founded the Scriptural Knowledge Intuition for Homes and Abroad. And this goal was to aid Christian schools and missionaries by distributing Bibles and Christian tracts and providing day schools, Sunday schools and adult schools and everything. Notice a uh, focus on his ministry. George Mueller believed heavily in his ministry. And so by the end of, of February of 1835, there were five day schools, two for boys uh, and three for girls. And none of them were receiving any kind of support. Uh, and, and by the end of 1835, there were dozens of orphan schools or orphan homes in England and Wales that had charged fees to care for children who had become poor, the orphans that had to. And so Mueller began to pray about this orphan house, these orphans, and even though he didn't solicit, you know, typically we have where we'll stand and we'll ask for money for something that, that is happening as a church. Bueller didn't do that. But miraculously, money just began to come. And, and he, the, even though he didn't solicit money from people, money began to come in for this. And his vision was for the orphan homes to be for the children who are truly orphaned, having lost both parents, uh, and that no one would be turned away due to poverty or race and that would be completely out of the ordinary for any of these orphans uh orphan houses that had existed because they let's face it existed for profit and so the children while they attended his orphanages would be educated and they would oftentimes be trained for a trade so not only was George Mueller doing something completely different by wanting to take in the, 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 the lowest of the lows, he was teaching them and training them. If you look just a hundred years before this, how differently orphans would have been treated, especially around London. Now, many of you know, uh, my background, my, my historical uh, knowledge begins and kind of ends in 16 to late 1800s London history or, or really English history uh, because that was my focus in college. And so uh, you look at the, the orphanage situation, in, especially in London, 
Around the 1700s, many of them were considered scourges of the earth. They weren't cared for. They weren't educated. Many of them uh, would die of plague uh, or die of disease or die of starvation because unless they could steal or they had a trade, uh, one of the, the top trades of the day was you would have kids, especially if they had come from a to-do or well-to-do uh, family, would actually read the newspaper to people for money. Uh, and so they would do this and then they would take it home. They would, uh, typically the orphans of this time, if they were living on the streets would be in some kind of gang, uh, and they would share that together. Uh, but homelessness among children was running rampant because you had all of these diseases going around. You had less than stellar healthcare system. And so it wasn't uncommon for kids to be without parents. But in the midst of this, Mueller sat to change all this. Not only would he take in kids that were just like that, but he would educate them and he would train them in a trade. He would often come into this and he would say this. He would say, God will provide. He would talk to people about the need for caring and uh, the gifts for furniture and money, dishes, everything began to come in. And Mueller kept a detailed record of every gift. Listen, if you are an administrative mind, you would love George Mueller because there was not a penny, there pence that would come in that George Mueller did not keep track of. Listen, I, I look at this stuff and it blows my mind how everything was, was going. And so people started showing up at these orphanages offering to teach or to work in the orphanage. And he would find places for them and people would offer salaries for them and, and things just began to fall into place. His, his mantra of God will provide, listen, it was on test because God was providing. It's estimated that during George Mueller's lifetime, he gave away uh, almost or over $700,000 that had been given to him for his own personal needs that is not including what was given to him for uh the orphanages or for that this was money that was given to him for a salary this was money that was given to him for an apartment this was money that was given to him to to help his cost of living and so he gave away most of it he was known for giving away most of it he he was he was saying that uh uh, sometimes there were, there were rough times. In fact, during the first two years of this, things went extremely well. Uh, everything was, was working great until 1837. In 1837, things began to change for George Mueller and money was tight. He had more kids than he knew what to do with. And it, it seemed like there was, uh, there was no way for that to happen. And George Mueller recounts in his autobiography that there was a time where uh, mealtime arrived and yet there was no food. There was, there was no food for mealtime. The mealtime had arrived and he said, Lord, I don't know how you want me to feed these kids. And so he would begin to pray, Lord, you provide, only you provide. And that's exactly what would happen. He, he recounts that there was this man that, that, that came in and, 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 and he just said, I have all of this extra food 
and I have no one that would eat it. Would your kids like it? And so there are, there are account after account of, after account of things happening like this. And what's incredible is, you know, after in the midst of this, in the midst, by the way, of his poverty, of, of his not having enough, he's, he's reading and studying the Bible sometime and around, uh, uh, in sometime around 1838, uh, I believe he's reading the Bible and he feels God calling him to care for even more orphans. And he spends five weeks in prayer, basically saying, Lord, I cannot take more. Lord, I cannot house more. And so during that time, the Lord would provide and, and, and give him the money to build what we would account in today, a million dollar facility that would house orphans. He's found seven acres at Ashley Down, and it seemed like it would be the perfect place for him. And, and Mueller would not even begin to go into debt. Uh, and that was his, his philosophy. He refused to go into any kind of debt for, for ministry. He said, unless I have money in hand, then the Lord will provide. And that's exactly what happened. And, and over the next 21 years, Mueller would care for over 2,000 children at a time. Over 2,000 children that Mueller, out of his own pocket, would care for. Charles Dickens uh, is, is noted as once hearing a rumor that his children, that Mueller's children, were starving in his care. And so Charles Dickens himself went down to George Mueller to, to confront him in the accusation that his children were starving. But Charles Dickens would, account, would, would recount this, that he was so impressed that he actually went and wrote an article uh, called Household Words uh, in November of, of 1857, telling of all of the good work that was happening. But things suddenly changed. On February 6th, 1870, George Mueller would have something happen in his life that would test his very faith. His beloved wife, Mary, died. She had rheum uh, the, she, she died of rheumatic fever, and she had not been well for several years at this point. She had been struggling, and she'd been uh, dealing with a lot of things, but uh, this fever overcame her in her weaker state, and it said that she suffered for six days. Uh, George Mueller would recount these were the most six agonizing days of his life because he felt helpless. He felt hopeless. Uh, and Mueller wrote in his diary, 39 years and four months ago, the Lord gave me my most valuable and lovely and holy wife. Her value to me and the blessing God made her to me is beyond description. This blessing was continued to me till this day, when this afternoon, about four o'clock, the Lord took her to herself. On February 11th, just uh, five days, uh, or I'm sorry, just nine days after this, he wrote, Today, the earthly remains of my precious wife were laid in the grave. Many thousands of persons showed their deepest sympathies. About 1,400 of the orphans who were able to walk followed in the processional. I myself am sustained by the Lord to the utmost 
performed the chapel service at the cemetery. He would go on and he would choose uh, Psalm 119 as the text. You are good and do good. You see, George Mueller's heartfelt prayer was that the Lord would do good despite everything that was going on. I love my wife. I love my wife dearly. And I cannot imagine what my life would be like without her. And maybe you're listening and maybe you've lost a spouse like that. And you, you understand that, that emptiness and that pain. Uh, I can imagine what it feels like, but unfortunately until that happens, I cannot fathom that loss. You know, George Mueller felt that God had answered his prayer in all things. He prayed this prayer. He says, I, if I'm not able to do it, thou dealest with me, but only by thy help continue to make me perfectly satisfied in thy holy will. George Mueller requested that the Lord would just help him. The Lord would get him through. And, you know, I, I could see how things would become so overwhelming. You know, George Mueller did a great and mighty work. George Mueller paid for the printing of Bibles. He gave away more than 250,000 Bibles in his lifetime. He paid the tuition of thousands of children to go. During, the, during his lifetime, it said that he raised uh, $129 million in 1800s to which he gave away. He cared for nearly 1,800 or 18,000 children. And he kept a, an orphanage growing and moving through all things. He visited 42 countries urging God to move. Jeremiah 32, 40 says, I will make an everlasting covenant with them, promising not to stop doing good for them. Can I tell you today that God has made an everlasting covenant with his people? You know what I love about being a pastor is that oftentimes I get to experience a lot of both ends of life. I get to experience a lot of tragedy. I get to experience a lot of hardship. I get to walk alongside of a lot of people that are struggling. And it's hard some days. There are good spans where there is no encouragement. And I know you're thinking, why on earth would you do it? Because the Lord told me to. But there are times that I get to walk with somebody understanding God's covenant for the first time understanding the salvation that Jesus Christ offers for the first time. And let me tell you, when those experiences happen, there's nothing like it. There is nothing like sharing the gospel with somebody only to see the tears well up in their eyes and say, I need that. There is nothing like stopping a waitress or waiter and when you're, when you're, when you're eating and just saying, Hey, what can I be praying for you about? And just seeing every wall that they built up fall down and then break down and sob and say, I need something 
to share the gospel with them, to say, that's what I needed. Let me tell you, George Mueller lived an incredible life, but it's a life that was founded on one principle. God will provide. If I can encourage you in anything today, it's that truth right there. God will provide. I hope you have a wonderful day and we will see you all next week.